fellow people? Did you get your significant other anything special for Valentine's Day? No? Well, stop the podcast right now and get it done. I don't care if it was last week or five months ago or whatever. Just do it, okay? It's the right thing to do. I'll wait. Okay. Uh, Now that you've gotten that done, welcome to episode four of the Philo Podcast. The Philo Podcast exists to help those of us who are involved in the technical arts of the local church to become more effective at what we do so that our churches can become more effective. My name is Todd Elliott. I'm your host for the podcast, and I have the privilege of talking with people who are involved in the local church in some capacity. Whether it's in some technical discipline or producing services, leading teams, whatever, it doesn't matter. If it's something to do with the weekend service, we're talking to them. And I'm excited for this episode because it's an interview with one of my super good friends, Dennis Choi. He's been influential in the lives of many people, and I would consider myself one of those people. Uh, He and I have shared some great moments together, which we won't talk about in this podcast, but believe me, we've had some good times starting in Houston, I think uh, 2007 or eight, somewhere in there. Anyway, I always look forward to the chance to get to hang with Dennis. And so even though we weren't uh, actually together, we were together virtually for this conversation and it was awesome. And we got to talk about what it's like to lead a multi-site production team scattered across multiple venues. Uh, Dennis's church was the pioneer in the whole multi-venue idea. And so, you know, he's figured out, or at least is figuring out and has a head start on the rest of us, what it means to lead a production team, not in just one place, which has its own challenges, but spreading rooms out across your location and also around the city. I mean, now you're talking about something pretty interesting. So anyway, without further ado, let's hit it. Hey, Dennis. Hey, hello. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, it's going good. (laughs) So I've been, as I've been talking to people on this, I keep thinking about the first time I met them. And so I don't know if I could pinpoint the exact moment when we met, but (laughs) my rec, my, in my mind, it's Houston, Texas is where we are. Right. I think. Does that sound uh, right? Yep. I think so. Maybe eight or nine years ago. Yep. Anyway, so uh, Dennis has been the TD in charge of production at North Coast Church near San Diego. For how many years have you been there? Since 95, uh, almost 23 years now. Oh, yeah. Geez, well done. <laughs> and so he's uh, kind of uh, now responsible for lots of things, not just production. But I w- I'd be curious, Dennis, just maybe give us a quick, like, how did you get into production? Right. How do you find yourself where you are right now? Yeah, so um, I came here in 95, um, but I had worked at two other churches previously in okay. youth ministry. Uh, and so in youth ministry, it's it's a code word for technology person, oh, right. right? Because cause, <laughs> cause youth guys, we use all the equipment and gear that's there. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, Also, you should leave a big mess behind. <laughs> right, right. And you just leave it and you walk right, away. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. But, you know, but yeah, so I had, had, I was at a church that was actually really progressive and used, um, had a full uh, drama, theater, uh, theater lighting, uh, bought a video production studio. Wow. Um, we had we had a projector back in '88, video projector. Yeah, it was like Boom. slide days. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. uh, we had all that, and I got to play with all of that and actually learn from some guys that were um, uh, in the industry. Okay. And so then when I came to North Coast in '95, I came actually as a youth pastor. Okay. And I was, you know, so I was doing junior high, but again, 
we had some technology sitting around and nobody was really using it. So I would edit videos and run sound for bands and different things uh, as I was being the youth pastor. Okay. And so then in 98, we started the, the first video venue that, you know, video cafe is what we called it. And sure. Okay. We realized as a church that we're going to need a lot more tech people to right. make this happen. Okay. Now we have, a, we have another church with multiple services going on at the same time, at the same campus. Right. Right. And uh, so they asked me because I was, uh, I knew the most about the technology but also had built teams, right. You know, being a youth pastor, building volunteers. And so um, that's when uh, Larry and the team asked me to, to start that ministry. And okay. so we kind of, kind of from that point on, um, like you said, then if you just added different teams, uh, as well under my plate, but sure. um, production, production still kind of one of the cores, you know, making the weekends happen. Right. Right. That sort of thing. So, okay. Yeah. 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 Nice. And so one of the things I love about your campus, uh, maybe it's just about California is that your lobby can be outside. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, so cool. <laughs> yeah. Being from the Midwest is just so foreign. Like we want to connect every building. Yes, stay yes. inside as long as possible. Have tunnels <laughs> connecting yeah, the building, yeah. something. Yes, uh, just yeah. to stay out of the elements. But at North Coast, you have all these different buildings around the campus that have full-on services happening at the same time. Yep. And I, I know for me, in the early years of my being a TD, you know, it's like I got one room to worry about. Um, and it's so, that's hard. Yes, yes. <laughs> so now you, suddenly right. you've got these extra rooms and need more people. And yeah, yeah. I'd just be yeah. curious, how did you start figuring that out? Like what was right. the, the secret? Yeah, it was, yeah, it, I, I think it was just a lot of uh, dumb taxes we paid, you know, things that we did wrong um, based on our mistakes. And then we learned, hey, don't, you, you know, let's not do that again. Right. And um yeah, so currently we run I think fifty one services over the two day two Saturday Sunday <laughs> over the campuses, uh, different different venues, different <laughs> places. Right, so yeah, um, different styles of worship. So multiple bands everywhere going on at the same time, and that doesn't include the youth and children's that have bands as well. Sure, right. So a lot of musicians, a lot of technical engineers together. So that's a trying to keep everybody. Understanding our goal and our DNA and our plumb lines is, right. is probably one of the most challenging parts of it is to keep everybody going in the same direction. Sure. Yeah. Now, do you have like a particular venue that you say, okay, this is the room that we train everybody in before we send them out to some other venue? <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's going to be an I interesting guess, answer. Yeah. yeah, it could be. It could be. You, want, you want the honest truth? Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, you know, youth and children's are still the places where we will start a brand new sound engineer that right. has had some of our training yep. but needs to get some experience uh, before we jump them into an adult service or venue or a larger system. We also have – some of our venues are different sizes, so they're not right. all like – the exact same size. We have, sure. you know, 800 seat auditoriums. We have a 500 seat. We have 300 seat. Right. And so some of the smaller size rooms don't require as much technical production. So we might start somebody in, in one of those rooms. Right, right. And they might have not have a full band. They might be a, a three piece or sure. they might be just the keys. You know, our tradition services, the keys and vocal driven. Right, right. So it gives a little more ground to learn 
more of the production and uh, the cues and some of those things sure, uh, yeah. is not as much just mixing a band. So. Right, right. Uh, it's interesting just thinking about my own story that I started running sound because my friend who normally did it didn't show up one day. <laughs> yeah, and right. so, but it was just a piano and maybe one or two vocalists. Yep. And so mm-hmm. pretty hard to screw up. <laughs> but then, you know, in a month it was two keyboards and three vocalists and... Yeah. You know, yep. I had the the chance to kind of grow with the church, but then, you know, thinking in your context, you have all these different venues with different skill levels required and different production requirements. I guess the, you know, you think about a room full of four and five year olds or whatever, <laughs> you know, the, you yes. know, a little, a miscue isn't the end of the world. Right. Uh, right. You can learn from it, but it's not like anybody's, nobody's turning around and looking at the booth. Yeah. You know. yeah, it's definitely more forgiving, and that's right. yeah. kind of what we base it on is is the audience and the size of the room and what's on stage, uh, and that forgiveness factor uh, helps in some of the training grounds that we, we use to develop people in. Yeah. So. Now, would you say just as you've as North Coast has grown from one site, one venue to multiple venues to multiple sites, I'd be curious how long did did it go before you said, "Hey, we," you know. We, we really want to leverage volunteers, but at a certain point, we need people just on staff to build teams or to train mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. or to kind of pick up the the 500-seat room needs some more horsepower. Yeah, there was definitely um, quite a few years of learning. Early when we started, we were launching venues as quick as we could. Wow. Um, then we were launching campuses at some point there. Like others, we had a bunch of portable campuses. We actually ended up condensing into permanent campuses. Um, based on they were at schools and with five minutes, which ended up not being a smart idea in the long run because it wouldn't right. grow much. And so, uh, with all those sort of parameters, it was it was a, it was the, the wild west. It was whatever could go. <laughs> Let me grab a body and stick them in a seat. Right. right I mean, right. That's, a lot of us have been there. And uh, so, the biggest factor kept coming back was consistency. Right. The consistency oh, yeah. was all over the place. Yep. I had a great producer and a sound engineer one weekend in this venue, and next weekend he was somewhere else. And right. and that other venue, it doesn't sound the same. You know, I always get, right. it doesn't sound the same or it doesn't feel the same. It's like, oh, wait a minute. If we're going to have distinct types of venues and atmospheres, then we have to concentrate on consistency. Right. And that became consistent people in consistent roles which then led to sort of today's model, which, which were volunteers, which at this t- today, it's, it's, it's difficult to ask. It's not impossible. I still have some volunteer producers, but uh, it's more likely I'd have to bring them on payroll so they would be here three out of four weekends. Oh, right, so, right, right. Um, you know, more of that consistency factor. And sure. then you're picking the best ones, and I want to keep this guy here all week or all, every, every weekend. Right, right. And so it became more of a paid role in the in the producer position and some of the, the front of house guys sure. are that way too. But, um, yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, I notice talking to people who in churches, seems like contracting a front of house engineer seems to be fairly normal yep. in mm-hmm. today's world. Where it's really the the more complicated the services get, the harder it is to find people who can really thrive in that role as a volunteer. Because you're right. the thing that happens is that consistency, the learning the room, learning how to you know get the most out of whatever instrument is yes. on stage. That stuff takes a long time, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's just not something you can just step into every third week. 
Absolutely. It, it's, you know, it's like a musician with a guitar, right? The more you play that guitar, the better you're going to get on that guitar. Right, right. Right. And, and you feel the nuances and why it's, it's different. And I, I think a lot of that's the same as the sound system and in a room. The more you can mix in the room, the better you're going to get. It also right. takes practice. Yep. So if you're just showing up every third weekend, you know, how much practice are you really getting? You're jumping in. And, and so yeah, there's, I think, a reality that has, has set in uh, if you want your production and especially your sound quality to go up, you're, you're getting more consistency. And you know, that's where we're falling. Yeah. So. And I would say, too, the so many of the other disciplines, video and lighting, you know, it's a little bit easier to simplify that and be more consistent uh, mm -hmm. on a simpler level. Whereas, you know, if you've got a full band on stage, there's really no simplifying that. Right. And it's what I found. It's it's kind of like uh, different sports, you know, like tennis. You can hit a ball against a wall by yourself. Right. Right. Uh, so you can design even a lighting show by yourself without even a band necessarily. Right. 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 Or create a video. But with sound, you need some people, other people on stage to right. really practice that. And so you have to gather them. So it's like. You know, playing volleyball you, to really play volleyball, you have to have a couple other people. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of the same thing. Is, is is that's the one area in technology, or there's others, but that that really really powerful. You're relying on other people to be there. And so, how do you schedule that as a volunteer? Do you schedule? You know, when can you do all that? Pull everybody together, right, uh, right. To practice that. And so it's just more difficult. What, I, what I'm seeing out there, right, and, and for us too. Uh, so I'd be curious, just in the local church, you know, talking about volunteers raising up volunteers. I mean, I, I think most of us would say nothing happens in production in the local church without a ton of volunteers. And I just from me knowing you for as many years as I have, I know that, you know, volunteer participation is a huge value at North Coast. And to I'd be curious just when when you sort of got to that place of, hey, our consistency is faltering and we need to pick it up again. What was that, did that feel like a defeat or just, uh, you know, like brutal reality or was that, yeah, how was that for you <laughs> yeah. personally? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, and, I, and I, I would say I still do, I still try my best to have volunteers in as many positions as we can. Right, right. But to me, the, the biggest difference was the, the under, the shift to going, what's going to make this service consistent? Not not as much as it's going to be amazing one week or it's not going to be – it might not be great the next week. And, how, you know, it's the inconsistency piece. And right. so if I have to pay some dollars to make it consistent, then I will, whether right. that's the front of house engineer or it's the producer. And in, in my model, I sort of looked at the producer as the guy that uh, really should be telling everybody what it should sound like, look like, right. and feel like. Right, right, right. And, and that was a consistent person that, so we started with them as we actually, I shifted everybody, these producer roles uh, as volunteers. And so for, for right. years they were volunteers doing it, but again, some had to leave, some got older and get married and things changed for them. And the, the time availability just became smaller right. and smaller. You start doing 51 services yeah, <laughs> right, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so, so it, I guess it was so gradual to me. It was like a natural progression. I haven't really looked at it to say, man, that was, that's a bummer. But now right. that you brought it up, I feel really bad. Yeah. So oh, thanks yeah. for bringing that up. <laughs> 
no problem, Dennis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, if you ask me, I would say we still use uh, utilize as many volunteers as we can in different right, positions. Right, right. And like I said, I do have some some volunteer producers in some of the smaller venues. Uh, really, again, it depends on the consistency of what's going on. Sure. And uh, so it's still a goal. It's still driven by that. But there's a reality of. Um, what I've seen is to to maintain the consistency. I've had to hire some people right. um, to do that, and it, it makes sense. And as 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 the level of production has gone up in every church, right. uh, you know, overall in general, uh, that's what I've seen as a requirement too. Is yeah. getting skilled skilled people. Yeah, well. I, it was interesting. Uh, I had a volunteer team of audio engineers, which was really the only thing we needed to figure out. Like there weren't, mm. we had somebody uh, from the high school that we rented that was responsible for the lighting, which is basically sure. on and off, uh, frankly. Right. I mean, right, there wasn't right. a whole lot to it. I mean, it was the early 90s, you know, what yeah. was we were yes. getting as crazy as we could. <laughs> but so my volunteers, we ended up just through various, we bought, got a different console. And so one volunteer is like, this makes no sense to me. So uh, I'm <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and then another one just was like, I'm too busy and I don't really like this anymore. So he left. <laughs> so just me now. <laughs> right. And uh, I mean, I love, I love to mix, but I also know there's a ton that needs to get done. And so I just jumped in, started mixing every week and, and all the while looking for new people and trying to figure out how I'm going to fill the, this uh, slot with the team. And then uh, it dawned on us maybe three or four months into it that in our debrief, we had stopped talking about how bad the mix was. Mm. Or I could actually hear this. Or, yes, you know, the, yes. the background vocals were actually intelligible. And, right. and it wasn't right. necessarily, I don't think that I was, well, I mean, maybe I was better than the volunteers I had. But I, for me, it was like I was doing it every week. And so I was learning little tricks. Right. And not right. forgetting them. And right. so, yeah, we sort of fell into the same thing. Like, well, we really like the fact that we can count on it sounding the same way each week. Right. And if you think about it, like I'm just thinking about in your case, I mean, you have some really high level quality teachers each week yeah. mm-hmm. that are consistent, consistently good, consistently knocking out of the park. And if if your uh, production doesn't match that to a certain degree, not not for flash or like how many moving lights you have, but is it consistent? Is it the same? Is it, can it be counted on every every week? That's really the issue. And if, yeah, if you, if you have the right volunteers, anything's possible. But when you have, I mean, how many venues do you have on your main campus? Uh, So we have five venues on the main campus and there's different styles that rotate within even those five within, in the rooms. Yeah. And then how many campuses? Um, we have five campuses. Yeah, oh my now goodness. Point. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you just think about, I mean, you probably have a, a huge collection of amazing volunteers, but you've got 10 venues to fill. With, with, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. With quality people. Yeah. And yeah. Right. Just, well, yeah. And something you hit on there, Todd, too, was that, you know, it is, it is hard to critique and develop something if the variables all change. So right. like you're saying, yeah. if the sound guy does change every week, it's, you know, it's, hey, it's just, you know, let's make it sound better. But how, how do you, where do you even start? Because everyone's right. different right. At each time and there's too many variables to knock that out. So it, even if you want to make it better, it's harder unless right. it's, it, there's consistent people involved in it. Right, so. right, right. And it, did you, so, okay, you've been doing uh, multi-site for a few years and then you decide, 
uh, I'm sorry, multi-venue, and then you decide it's time to do multi-site. Was that a huge uh, jump for you guys, or was it just kind of let's take what what's been working and duplicate it just a few miles down the road? Uh, I say yes and no. It, it okay. seemed like a very easy task. <laughs> hey, let's just How take hard this can on the road. Be? Yeah, yeah right. just take the show on the road. It's the easy. classic, yeah, right. leader, church leadership uh, <laughs> right. statement. I mean, how hard can it be? Yeah, yeah we do it now but, five ways. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So you you take what you do in a, a a built venue, and you say, hey, I want to duplicate this in a school that we have to set up right before. And use a team that is a different team that right. that is, and we want it to sound similar or at least the same feel. And then we have a different band too. And like you say, okay, that sounds the the first part sounded easy, but when you actually do it, it's like man, there's a lot of communication, right? And a lot of uh, here's what we don't do. Here's parameters. Here's boundaries that we want to stay in to keep some consistency level right. and quality level. And that was probably the hardest thing to set up was all those boundaries and parameters with right. everything going on now do, do any of your sites have multi multiple venues they they do yes we a couple of them have a <laughs> couple of venues so okay. you have a you have a, a you know we're all video teaching at the, the other campuses uh right. two-thirds two-thirds of our church watches a sermon on video or a live feed right right uh on a weekend uh-huh. and so those campuses are video campuses have video venues within them as okay. well Wow. And uh, yeah, it's so it's just, yeah, it's just continual cycle of more. Yeah. <laughs> and would you say uh, this is maybe not totally on the topic, but the multiple venue thing, was it a function of we've run out of space in this room? Let's set up a screen in another room. Or was it more about these people really would love this type of worship experience? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. let's create it for them. Yeah, it started definitely as a we ran out of room. Yeah, we had, ran out of room. We ran out of the best time slots, right, all right. those things. Uh, so hey, we have another room. Uh, now um, we've done it uh, uh, several times more as a strategy um, to draw people from maybe a certain hour to this hour. Right, but right. we want to add a reward element. So instead of the normal worship, we're going to do a country gospel type. Type, type of worship <laughs> and everybody goes whoa that's cool let's check that out right? yeah right and, okay and so it's been a, a strategy to to grow uh, in some cases and you know and as well as is to pull some people from different time uh, time slots and and so it, it's kind of used for different reasons now a lot of different sure reasons. right yeah, yeah okay yeah yeah so uh i guess for for somebody who's out there um doing multi-site which i mean it seems like anymore who isn't trying to do something mm-hmm. Right. Um, I mean, do you have is maybe there's not one piece of advice because that's uh, kind of a narrow, uh, maybe impossible that there's one thing. But in your experience, is there something you would say like to the to the TD volunteer or otherwise that's, uh, you know, trying to figure out how am I going to get this experience across multiple <laughs> sites with the team yeah. I have in front of me? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like you said, that's a that's a big question um, or a big there's a big answer to that. But yeah. I mean, if, if I were going to start anywhere, number one, I would it's a real simple thing, but really figure out who's in charge, who's in yep. charge of that other campus. Right. Uh, and that that goes along the lines of production, worship. Um, all those things. Is it the sole responsibility of the campus pastor of the look and feel of that campus? Right. Or are there cross, we kind of have a centralized model in some of our areas like production and worship. 
And so we're sending teams in some cases that there's, there's, there's teams there too, but, um, so who's actually in charge of them? Right, you know, right. That, that's usually a place to start. What is it? What do you want to sound like? Well, is it the call of who decides? The, yeah, the, yeah, right. the campus pastor or the worship leader or the who's deciding that? Because that's where most of the the questions and the, the conflicts come. Is right. like, I didn't want to sound like that, or why it was way too loud. Well, what, what kind of sound are you trying to develop here? What's right, right. On? Or even and, for a central person to say this doesn't sound good, and somebody yeah, at the campus saying, sound "No, like, this sounds fine." Right, right. Yeah. It's way too loud in here. Well, you're coming from the Vista campus, which sounds different. I mean, it's right, a different right. sound. We want something different here. Oh, right. Okay. And uh, so you get a lot of mixed messages. So. Yeah. I mean, I would uh, maybe just echo that. I wasn't even thinking, I'm not sure I had an answer in mind, but that is such a great one. In the in the world of multi-site, as many churches are doing it, that's how many different ways there are to do multi-site, I feel right. like. There are so many variables when you start trying to replicate yourself at another campus. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's less important which method you decide on. The most important thing is decide on how you're going to do it and then do it <laughs> yes. that way. Um, do it that way. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise, yeah, it's going to be uh, so frustrating uh, if nobody really knows whose call it is. Right. Or you get kind of a middle of the road because it's, there's not one strong, strong direction. So you're kind of settling for a lot of things. Right. And you don't want another campus to be the weaker sister that you just, it's a campus that's settled for a lot of things. Right, right. And, and that's what sometimes can happen with that. Right. Yeah. Now, I'd be curious uh, in your, uh, in the, at the North Coast, how is that? Who is, who does decide? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. <laughs> maybe you should ask that I, question I, I, to somebody. Right, maybe, that hold on, yeah. let me let me get back to you next week. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that we have made it clear the ultimate uh, person in charge of that campus is the campus pastor. Okay. And that that goes for the the way the feel of the service and the loudness and those things. Now, those campus pastors have boundaries and parameters that have been clear. Okay. A lot of them have been clear with them, um, and that's with meeting with senior leadership. And so there's some guidelines in place, but we do give – we have a little different model than some others where maybe they're sure. the exact copy of those things. We give a, 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 the ability to choose and, and sure. do some things that, that make your campus feel different. Um, but there are some core values we hold on to. And right, right. It, it is campus pastor. They're really that person that's in charge of that. Okay. Um, yeah. When I suppose, too, just thinking about your model where each venue is its own version of worship, that right. it probably takes some of the pressure off on the idea of here's the worship set. You're going to do it at all campuses exactly yes. like this. Yeah. And yeah, it's uh, in some ways your model was already set up to be a little more decentralized. Yes. Yes. I mean, there's there's definitely it'd be much easier if we did the exact same thing everywhere. That would be hey, that's easy. Right. Here's what you get. That's what you do. Whatever you want to believe, uh, Dennis. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, right yeah, sounds easy. Yeah. It sounds easy. I know. I know. Yeah. Everybody's like, it's always better over there. But, yeah, you know, uh, right. So, um yeah, so definitely we did have – it's been sort of ingrained in it. It's part of DNA and who we are. So right, it, right, It's right. part of us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, so many, so many different ways. Now, now uh, but in the one way, though, that you're, everybody's connected is everybody tunes into the message at the same moment. Like it's yeah, – Yes. Yeah. The, the, at this moment, it's – we're live from the 
main room or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yep. We're listening to the same message. So you walk out of that service and no matter what campus you're on or what venue you went to, you have something in common. You can say, Hey, sure. hey, you heard the message. Hey, that was great. Number right, right. Two point, you know, kind of thing. And that's helped hold us together as one church sure. across many campuses, many venues. Sure. <laughs> now, maybe just a, a mechanical question. How do you all your venues and your campuses stay tied into exactly when is the message going to start? Yeah, so, you know, we toyed with all kinds of uh, uh, systems that could uh, help do that. Um and we found uh, just some technical issues with with doing those over the different campuses and locations okay. and places we have. Um, so really, we're uh, you know we have a, a SAP feed, uh, which is what we use on Saturday night to okay. feed the venues and campuses. Uh, and then it's it's a cut in time that's based on our our broadcast service room. So there are room that we're actually recording um, and feeding the the, the right. teaching. Uh-huh. It's based on their schedule. So sure. Saturday night, they have to kind of flow with, you're cutting in at, you know, 548 yeah. uh, on Saturday. Now, Sunday, if they use a recording playback, then they can choose, you know, when oh, yeah. they do that. Okay. Right? It's, a, it's a, little, a little more freedom sure. uh, to do that. But so Saturday, we still push it across the live feed and they just cut in at a cutting time. Right. And now how does the, 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 main, the broadcast venue feel about having to nail a particular time or are they, it just, whenever they, the message starts, that's when you get it. <laughs> yeah. So that, that room is programmed in time. So we say, Hey, you know, got X amount of 22 minutes of worship. We have a, a two minute bumper. <laughs> so that's actually laid out the most specific sure. of any venue as far as what times to hit. And right. everybody cuts in at that moment. Um, and uh, so, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. they're a little more times driven than anybody else. <laughs> sure. Right. And, but the, the pressure's off for them also on Sunday, or is there so, always yeah. somebody looking at it? in real time somewhere else um, most of the time Sundays yeah everyone's free uh, we still capture and record and, and those things but occasionally we go live on Sunday morning okay as well um, but most of the time uh, it's they're using a, a recording from Saturday night and right, again right. it's more more of it's just the freedom to do what they they want you know add a, sure. add a song or do a special right, right. Um, whatever so yep. it's really helped that yeah yeah, there, it is interesting just that the pressure that comes along with being the broadcast location to <laughs> hit your times exactly like you say you're going to yes. um, when everybody's kind of uh, sweating <laughs> at their, right. you know, at their switcher <laughs> waiting for it to. The world is counting on it. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> How are we supposed to worship God when the, the clock is running like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday night, you're not. <laughs> right, yeah. 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 That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, um, let me think. I One more question. Is there anybody um, that comes to mind for you, volunteer or staff on your team, that really um, embraces kind of what North Coast is about and, mm. Mm. you know, how they've exemplified that spirit and how they've done their the you know the production task ahead of them that you just would love to give a shout out to. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I, there's there's I could list off uh, about hundred names. Sure. The yeah, yeah. Different guys, um, but you know, for me, one of the big things I love um, to um, see is what I call um, you know the heart where your heart's at. 
sure where right. parts yeah. that serving uh you know skill is awesome um ability all those things are great but if your heart isn't there to serve then um i feel like wow you know you're doing it for yourself right, and so right. one of the things i was talking about is is a heart check you know for people who want to come on board or be a volunteer it's like we're hard at right and i ask them you know hey uh, where do you want to serve? What venue? Those things. And they say, hey, uh, oh, man, you know, I really want to be in the edge venue because that's where I go and it's awesome. And so I usually will ask them, okay, but, hey, our only openings are in our tradition service. Would you be willing to go and sure. serve there? Uh-huh. And and their answer alone really tells me where their heart is. Right, you right. Know, if they say, you know, man, I don't know. That's not my venue. That's not my style. Uh, I don't know if I can do it. You know, right. I, I go, okay, are you in it for yourself or are you in it for where I need you? Right, right, right. Uh, or where the church to me, needs to, yeah. Oh, where the church, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where church, but if they say to me, "Hey, Dennis, you put me wherever you guys need me. I just, I just want to serve," then I'll put them right where they want to be because it tells right. me where the heart is, right? Yeah. And uh, it's a small thing, but I, I, you know, there's there's several of those guys, but in particular, a guy that's been with me probably. I think he's actually was volunteering before I started working, which is oh, again wow. it's longer than twenty three years. Uh, is a guy named Alan Sunakawa, and he's a phenomenal. He's been a phenomenal volunteer for years. He is now on. He's retired and on our paid staff. Oh wow! Uh, in a part-time role, um, uh, but he, he uh, up until probably th- three years ago, he had volunteered. He had been a super volunteer, and uh, um, he's a guy that would do really literally do anything we need. Wow! You want you want me to pick up trash for the tech team? I'll do that. Yeah. You want me to wow. run a computer? You want me to learn how to, to mix? Whatever you need, I'm going to be there. And he has played a million different roles. Uh, on our team and it's just one of those he's just a great example of that. right yeah so yeah yeah he's sounds like the guy that you want to kind of uh put the new people with here right serve with him <laughs> yeah yeah hang yeah. out with this guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. let this guy rub off on you right right he's, yeah right <laughs> yeah so oh, that's cool <laughs> nice yeah, well, I, I don't know if he'll ever hear this, but uh, maybe we'll make sure he gets a chance to yeah. just hear the hear the shout yes. out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> cool. cool. Well, cool. Uh, thank you so much for making time, Dennis. This has Absolutely. been great to catch up. I mean, we don't uh, talk that often, uh, which yeah. every time we do talk, I'm like, why don't we do this more often? <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. And then we yeah. just go back to busy lives. <laughs> like, and, hey, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we we end up yeah bumping into each other in some other part <laughs> of the world or, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah I, well, I, I want to say this to everybody out there, you know, Todd, I, I, I truly value our friendship. Like mm-hmm. you said, it seems like we just pick up whenever we hear, see each other, or talk to each other. Yeah. But for me, you are an amazing person that just, mm-hmm. just really wants to serve the technical arts community, um, especially at church. And, uh, and there's no boundary across every church uh, across the country and even, even the globe. And I love that about you all have. Uh, and it's genuine and it's real. And I just hope other people get to experience that oh, uh, instead of you. So, yeah. yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, gosh. I'm like sweating now. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot, Dennis. <laughs> yeah, <there you> go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's been great it's to catch up. And hopefully uh, just at, as this podcast kind of rolls along, hopefully we'll have other topics we could talk about. And this could be our way of catching up more than just uh, the once a year uh, absolutely yeah some other location absolutely would yeah. love to talk anytime anytime yeah. you need me <laughs> cool thanks dennis yeah you know one of my favorite parts about having this conversation with dennis about multi-site multi-venue is that his church was really the pioneer of the church that kind of started the whole multi-site thing and 
I just love that they have the same challenges that we all do. They still are trying to figure out how to get it done the most effective way possible. And you know what? I also love that uh, Alan was a great reminder that we all have volunteers that are willing to serve wherever they're needed. And for me, it was just a good reminder to kind of look past the challenges that that come with the multi-site model and to be thankful for those volunteers that are willing to do whatever it takes. So great. If you're one of those volunteers, thank you for all that you do. I mean, the church really couldn't function without you. If you have volunteers like that, if, you, if one came to your mind, make sure you thank them uh, more often than you do. It would be great. Anyway, one other really cool thing about talking with Dennis is that it was a reminder that his senior pastor, Chris Brown, is going to be at Philo this year. Chris is an amazing communicator and someone that values tech people like few other senior leaders that I know. And I know this because he values Dennis and Dennis is a tech person. He's one of us. And so we couldn't be more excited to hear from Chris at this year's conference. So if you haven't signed up yet, we're getting close to the price change. So you still have a chance to sign up for the 50% off price until midnight central standard time on February 22nd. And if you're listening to this as we kind of are releasing the podcast episodes, that's next week. So get to it. Don't wait like you did with your Valentine's thing. Get it done now while you still have a chance. Anyway, Chris will be great to hear from, and I can't wait. Also, we'd love to hear from you. If you have feedback about the podcast, whether it's positive feedback, negative feedback, we take it all. We want to get better, and we'd also love to know if we're meeting a need out there. Also, if you have suggestions for future guests, we'd love to hear about those also. So send us an email at podcast at fusion.productions. There's no .com, there's no .org, it's just podcast at fusion.productions. Anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll see you at the next episode of the Philo Podcast. Podcast.